السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ اشہد اللہ regarding our faith. The reality is that our acceptance of the Prophet Muhammad is meaningless if we do not strive to fulfill the purpose for which he was sent by Allah the Almighty. <coughs> And what were the purposes for his advent? What were his objectives? Simply put, it was for his followers to bring about pure and righteous changes within themselves by fulfilling the rights of Allah the Almighty and of his creation. If we are not fulfilling these objectives or at least striving towards them, then our bath at the hand of the Prophet is of little or no value. The truth remains that we can only fulfill 
the expectations of the Prophet and the objectives with which he was sent. If we truly give precedence to our faith over all worldly matters. This is a pledge which you are all very familiar with. At our functions, formal ishtamas, and at other meetings, the members of Khudamul Ahmadiyya vow to give precedence to their faith over all worldly matters. And today, you have just repeated that pledge once again. This covenant that you have made is a solemn undertaking. And so, these words that you repeat time and time again should not be hollow, but should have meaning and should be kept at the forefront of your mind at all times. With your conduct, you should practically manifest this pledge. How then should a believer truly give priority and precedence to their faith over all worldly and material matters? How can this noble ambition actually be achieved? There is only one way. And that is for a person to understand and fulfill the rights of Allah the Almighty and the rights that he has bestowed upon his creation. We are truly fortunate that Allah the Almighty has enlightened us through his blessed and perfect Sharia, which he revealed to the Holy Prophet in the shape of the Holy Quran. The Quran has clearly told us what the rights owe to both Allah and to his creation are and how they are to be fulfilled. Therefore, it is incumbent upon all of us to study the Holy Quran as it is our pathway to success and salvation. It is that spiritual light that has shown us the true meaning of prioritizing our faith over all worldly affairs. It is our means of learning and our means of living. Always remember that the Prophet Messiah did not bring a new teaching. Rather, whatever he said and whatever he taught was based upon the original teachings of the Holy Quran. When he showed us how to fulfill the rights of Allah and of his creation, it was on the basis of the Quran itself. Thus, every one of us must ensure that 
We read the Holy Quran regularly and seek to learn its deeper meanings and thereafter strive to act upon all of its teachings. Today, if our hearts and minds can be purified and if righteous changes can emerge within us, then it is only possible by reading and understanding the word of God Almighty. In this short time, it is not possible for me to explain all of the blessed teachings of the Quran that a believer should adopt. However, I will mention a few of its teachings which every Ahmadi Muslim should seek to inculcate and live by. In Surah Al-Mu'minun, verse 2 of the Holy Quran, Allah the Almighty has said, Qad aflaha al-mu'minun. Successful indeed are the believers. This verse is very clear. Wherein it states that true believers are those who are successful and who prosper. However, the question that arises is, who are the true believers? Who are the people that can claim success? Is it enough to merely proclaim the Kalima Tayyaba? Our declaration of faith that there is no God save Allah and Muhammad is his messenger? Or is it sufficient if a person in, in addition to reciting um, the Kalima also declare that they have accepted the Prophet Messiah and Imam Mahdi in accordance with the prophecies of the Holy Prophet The truth is that such verbal declarations on their own are not enough. Rather, they must be accompanied by a practical manifestation of one's faith. Most graciously, Allah has informed us of the qualities that a believer must possess. Thus, having stated that successful are the believers, in the very next verse of the Quran, in chapter 23, verse 3, Allah the Almighty says, Alladina hum fi salatihim who are humble in their prayers. Here, Allah the Almighty has made it abundantly clear that to be classed as a true believer, a person needs to offer their prayers with humility and sincerity. They must submit before Allah the Almighty with the firm conviction that He is the possessor of all powers. A believer should turn towards Him with complete humility, overawed by His divine majesty. From the depth of their 
heart, they should implore him and him alone. Being humble in prayers requires that when a person bows before his Lord, he keeps in mind all of his sins and weaknesses and recognizes that he is weak and nothing without his Lord's grace and mercy. Similarly, in chapter 23, verse 10, Allah the Almighty has spoken of believers by saying, and who are strict in the observance of their prayers. This, uh, thus, it is absolutely essential for a believer to be regular in his five daily prayers. Furthermore, it is necessary for them to offer their prayers in congregation as much as possible. In terms of congregational prayers, according to the hadith of the Holy Prophet the rewards and blessings of such prayers are many times greater than those offered individually. There is also further underlying wisdom in this teaching whereby congregational prayers are a means of bringing people together and establishing unity. In this way, congregational prayers become a symbol of the strength of a community. Members of Qudamul Hamdiyya are at an age and period in their lives where they have the most physical strength and also the greatest potential to progress and advance in all spheres of their lives. It should not be different, uh, difficult for them to fulfill the obligations of the worship of Allah. And so all khudam and atfal should be regular in their prayers and should offer them in congregation as much as possible. Every one of you should consider this to be a principle of paramount importance because it is through sincere worship that the gates to heaven are unlocked. Furthermore, in chapter 23, verse 4, Allah the Almighty has given another sign of a true believer. Allah the Almighty states that وَاللَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوَ مُورِزُونَ وَاللَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوَ مُورِزُونَ And who shun all that is vain. In this era, immorality and vice has spread far and wide and has taken many different forms. One example is when people join together in groups to waste time indulging in counterproductive activities and idle gossips. In our Jamaat, 
there are sadly some people who have the bad habit of making unnecessary comments or who publicly speak ill of the Nizam-e-Jamaat or of their personal grievances with it. This is not in keeping with a believer and so our Ahmadi men and boys should avoid such ignorance and idleness and rather be example of virtue and piety. When you join together, it should be to motivate one another towards righteousness and goodness rather than to lead one another astray. Even the young Khudam and older Athwal should keep this in mind and keep good friends and good company at all times. Further, there are many other vices and ills that are spreading immorality in today's society. And sadly, they are increasing by the day. For example, the misuse of the internet and social media is becoming increasingly common and this includes inappropriate chatting between boys and girls online. Similarly, the internet is being used to watch indecent and immoral films, including pornography. The smoking of cigarettes or the use of shisha are also examples of vices that are spreading. Furthermore, even permissible, th uh, permissible things can cause harm if they are misused. One example of this is where a person stays awake late into the night watching television or surfing the internet and then fails to wake up for the Fajr prayer even if what they were viewing was not bad in itself. The end result is that they are moving away from righteousness and in this way the permissible act becomes immoral and not in keeping with the status of a true Muslim. In essence, anything at all that has poisonous or detrimental effect on a person's mind is included in what the Holy Quran has deemed as vain. In chapter 23, verse 6, Allah the Almighty has stipulated another sign of a believer. Allah the Almighty states, وَاللَّذِينَهُمْ لِفُرُوجِهِمْ حَافِظُمْ And who guard their chastity? To safeguard and protect one's chastity and modesty is certainly not only the task of women, but is also incumbent upon men. To guard one's chastity does not only mean that the person should avoid sexual relations outside of marriage. Rather, the Prophet Muhammad has said, has, has taught us 
that it means that a believer should always keep his eyes and ears pure from anything that is indecent or immoral. As I mentioned earlier, one thing that is completely obscene is pornography. And to view it is to forego the chastity of one's eyes and ears. It is also wrong and against Islamic teachings of modesty for boys and girls to mix freely, to form relationships or inappropriate friendships. We say to the ladies that they should observe parda. And I also advise this to our women and tell them to protect their modesty. However, in the Holy Quran, even before Allah has instructed women to observe parda, He has instructed believing men to lower their gazes and to keep their hearts and minds free from lustful thoughts or intentions. This is why Allah the Almighty has very clearly stated in chapter 24 verse 31 that Say to the believing men that they restrain their looks and guard their private parts. That is purer for them. Surely Allah is well aware of what they do. Whilst men have not been instructed to physically do parda, in the way that women have, the Quran has made it clear that they should purify their eyes and this means that they should not look at women in a lustful way and that they keep their minds pure and free from all forms of potential temptation. This is the parda required of men and it is the means of protecting society from impurity indecency and danger. No teaching of Islam can be considered shallow or superficial. Rather, every one of the teaching of his teachings is underpinned by great wisdom and depth. Hence, by telling men to lower their gaze, Islam actually teaches self-control because normally it is through sight that a man's emotions and desire are stirred. To safeguard society from impropriety and wrongdoing, Islam has instructed both men and women to keep their eyes down amongst people of the opposite sex or for that matter, anything that may increase one's lust and outside the prohibited degrees. Remember that modesty is an essential character trait of a khadim. And so you must avoid all things that violate the Islamic injunction of chastity. 
if you are successful in this, then you can claim true spiritual prosperity and advancement. Two other major vices prevalent today are alcohol and gambling. Here in the West, they are both considered as normal. Yet, the Quran has very clearly forbidden them because both these vices have extremely far-reaching and negative consequences. In chapter 2, verse 220 of the Holy Quran, Allah the Almighty has spoken of both these vices and said, Yasalunaka anil khamre wal Kul fihema ismun kabirun wa manafio linnase wa ismuhuma akbaro minnafihima. They ask thee concerning wine and the game of chance. Say, in both there is great sin and harm and also some advantages for men, but their sin and harm is greater than their advantage. The Arabic word Allah has used in relation to alcohol and gambling in this verse is Ismu. Ismu. This word means something that is an obstacle or hurdle in the path of righteousness and virtue. Thus, Allah the Almighty has prohibited alcohol and gambling because they are both a means of taking a person away from virtue. Certainly, it could not be that on the one hand, Allah instructed Muslims to adopt righteousness, yet on the other hand, uh, other gave them the license to utilize freely those things that pulled them in the opposite direction. In terms of alcohol, where there is a legitimate benefit, such as in certain medications, it may be used to a limited degree. However, otherwise, it is incomplete, uh, is, uh, it is completely forbidden to, uh, in Islam because it is a means of taking a person away from morality virtue and piety. For example, a person under the influence of alcohol will not be in a state of mind to offer his prayers or to spiritually progress. That is why when the commandment for the prohibition of alcohol was revealed, the Holy Prophet strictly forbade his companions from drinking it. And most of us will have heard the magnificent standards of obedience with which they responded to this injunction. Without pause or hesitation, those companions who previous, uh, previously drank alcohol immediately shattered the barrels and vessels that contained their liquor. I have spoken of this spirituality uh, of the spirituality uh, ill effects of alcohol, but today doctors and scientists also openly acknowledge its physical ill effect. It is said that thousands of brain cells 
are destroyed when a person drinks a glass of alcohol. And similarly, its corrosive effect on the liver is well known. In terms of gambling, it is prohibited because it is a means of recklessly wasting a person's fairly earned and honest income or wealth. To gamble one's wealth, whether in casinos or in any other way, like in play machines, at service stations or shops or playing cards with betting, is to turn lawful and legitimate wealth into a means of immorality and wrongdoing. It is, as I said before, an impediment of righteousness. Similarly, in chapter 5, verse 91, Allah the Almighty states, Ya ayyuhalladzina amanu innamal khamru wal maesiru wal ansabu wal azlamu rishsum min amal shaitane fajtanebuhu laallakum tuflehu. O ye who believe wine and the game of chance and idols and divining and divining arrows are only an abomination of Satan's handiwork. So shun each one of them that you may prosper. Thus every Ahmadi man, woman or child must stay firmly away from such things rather than seeking dishonest easy money through gambling you should seek to earn a living in a fair and honest fashion remember that the true khadim is he who works hard with honesty and integrity at all times if you truly desire to live your life according to Islam's teachings, then you must discard all that the Quran prohibits and warns against. The rewards for such obedience are vast. In fact, Allah has Himself said that those who forego what is unlawful shall attain true falah, which means success, prosperity, happiness and peace of mind. Naturally, every person desires con contentment and to be free from all anxieties and worries. And so it is Allah's great favor upon us that he has revealed the Holy Quran so that we know how to pursue true happiness and prosperity. I have focused mainly on issues that are affecting today's society and today's youth. However, there are many other instructions given in the Quran and we should pay great heed to each and every one of them. We should seek to adopt all that the Quran advocates and we should reject all sinful acts that are not in keeping with the status of a believer and which take us away from Allah, the Almighty, and from His worship. Moving on, I will 
now mention a few further points that all that all khudam should keep in mind so that they can always be amongst those people who continually advance and prosper when hazrat muslim aud ridlan ho founded majlis khudam ul amdiya and indeed the other auxiliary organizations it was with the intention that at every level of our jamaat there ought to be a structure in place for the moral training and well-being of our amdi men women and children in particular our office bearers should remember that it was has muslim aus vn and desire that there should be ahmadis within each auxiliary organization who set the highest highest example for those around them and who train their peers in accordance in uh, in uh, in accordance with true islamic teachings some of which i have just mentioned our office bearers therefore have a great responsibility and a duty of care to those around them one point i wish to emphasize is that every office bearer no matter their age or rank must inculcate a spirit of true humility within themselves thus whether you are a local kaid a mohtamim the national sadar or an office bearer of any other rank or position you must remain humble at all times allah the almighty in chapter 25 verse 64 has said that this distinguishing distinguishing feature of his true servant is that they walk on the earth with humility and leave behind not a single trace of arrogance or pride if anybody if anyone seeks to quarrel with them or to incite them into a dispute or argument they respond only with peace and prayers through the greetings of salam rather than rising to hostilities or provocations they respond peacefully and walk on by with humility hence every khadam and the older members of atfal to remember this principle and seek to inculcate this great quality no ahmadi should ever be boastful or arrogant and nor should they be quarrelsome or aggressive whilst every ahmadi has a duty to be humble courteous and gentle of course the office bearers have a particular responsibility in this regard the khudam office bearers should be of a standard that even if they are provoked and even if other seeks argument with them they should respond only by offering peace and security through the greetings of salam before peacefully removing themselves from that environment if our khudam office bearers adopt this attitude then in the future 
our central Jamaat office bearers will be humble and kind. As members of Majid Khudam al you should always remember that you are the second line of defense in our spiritual army and that one day you will have to move forward to the front lines. You are the people who one day will have to pick up the mantle of even greater responsibilities within our Jamaat and you must be ready for this. Your, your only weapons will be your hum humility and prayers alone. Furthermore, never take the opportunity to serve for, for granted. Rather, you should always consider the chance to serve the Jamaat to be a great privilege and blessing of God Almighty. And be mindful of the fact that it is your duty to set the very best example for others to follow. Every office bearer at every level of Qudamul Ahmadiyya should be a leading light who illuminates his surroundings. In this way, every majlis will contain people who are ever ready to serve the Jamaat and to sacrifice their time, wealth and honor in its service. As I have said, the opportunity to serve the Jamaat in any capacity <coughs> should be considered a great honor and blessing. Every office bearer should seek to understand his duties with honesty and dedication and seek to strengthen the bond of brotherhood amongst Khuddam. Every Qayyad or Nazim should have direct contact with the Khuddam and Atfal in his Qiyadat or region and should be there to help and guide them and to bring them closer to the Jamaat. Regrettably, there is a significant number of Khuddam according to a survey around 40% who believe that there are not enough good role models amongst the office bearers. Perhaps they are referring to their local guys in Nazims, or perhaps they are referring to the National Amla or Jamaat office bearers at either local or national level. Anyway, whatever the reality, every office bearer from the National Amla all the way to the members of the local amlas and of course Jamaat's main body of office bearers at every level should seek to be best possible role model for others to follow. In terms of the opinion I have just mentioned, the main body means the Amir Jamaat and the local presidents and their amlas. In terms of the opinion I have just mentioned, it is based on the views of the Khudam themselves and I do not know if they are referring to their local office bearers or the national ones. Nonetheless, it is my opinion that with the grace of Allah, there are a significant number of office bearers amongst the Khudam al 
who conduct themselves well and who seek to fulfill their duties and who try to engage with their Qudam. However, there's always room for improvement. And so each and every office bearer should continually seek to better himself and to raise the standards of those around them. If they fulfill their responsibilities in this regard, then they will be a means of protecting our future generations. Always keep in mind the Quranic principle given in chapter 2, verse 149, in which Allah the Almighty has said that every person has a goal and ambitions and that the target for believers should be to excel in virtue and that they should vie with one another in good works. Thus all Qudam and Atfar should remember that to be classed as a true believer they must always have the ambition to excel in all forms of goodness and continually seek to better themselves spiritually and morally. Always keep in mind the fact that having accepted the Prophet in accordance with the prophecies of the Holy Prophet it is our duty to act upon all that has taught us, that he has taught us. May Allah enable all of you to follow the blessed guidance of the Prophet Muhammad so that you may be included amongst the true believers. May Allah enable all of you to always fulfill the expectations of the Khalifa And may Allah continue to shower his choice, uh, most choicest blessings upon every Khadam and Tifal. <coughs> بعض لوگ یہاں نئے آنے والے انگریزی نہ سمجھنے والے بھی ہیں ان کے لیے مقصد میں کہہ دیتا ہوں ان کا یہاں اس ملک میں آنا یہاں رہنا ان کے اسائلم پاس ہونا یا کسی بھی شکل میں اس ملک سے فائدہ اٹھانا احمدیت کی وجہ سے ہے اور اگر احمدیت کی وجہ سے ہے تو پھر اپنے آپ کو حقیقی احمدی ثابت کرنے کوشش کریں اور یہاں کی برائیوں میں مبتلا ہونے کے بجائے جو اچھائیاں ہیں تو وہ حاصل کرنے کی کوشش کریں اور اپنی اچھائیوں کو کبھی نہ چھوڑیں دین کو دنیا پر مقدم کرنے کا جو عہد ہے اس کو ہمیشہ اس پر عمل کرنے کی کوشش کریں ورنہ آپ لوگ ان بادہدوں میں شمار ہوں گے جو اپنے عہدوں کا پاس نہیں رکھتے اور پھر اللہ تعالیٰ کی پکڑ میں بھی آتے ہیں اللہ تعالیٰ کی پکڑ کے مختلف طریقے ہیں اس لیے ہمیشہ اللہ تعالیٰ کا خوف رکھتے ہوئے اپنی زندگیاں گزارنی چاہیے اور سب سے پہلے یاد رکھیں کہ آپ احمدی ہیں اور احمدی کی حیثیت سے اس ملک کی شہریت آپ کو ملی ہے یا اس ملک سے جو مفادات ہیں یا فائدے ہیں آپ کو حاصل ہو رہے ہیں بس اگر یہ بات سامنے رکھیں گے تو ہمیشہ اپنی حالتوں پر بھی غور کرتے رہیں گے اور اپنے عہدوں کی پابندی کرتے رہیں گے اللہ تعالیٰ اس کی توفیق بھی عطا فرمایا سب کو دعا کر لیں
ami 